year is 20XX. You're at a judge conference in person. It feels weird. You start seeing fellow judges you haven't seen in many months. Suddenly, out of the corner of your eye, you see a large bird. What's going on? What's happening here? Other people don't seem to be reacting. Is he one of one of you? Then you remember. Ah, that judge is familiar. Welcome to the Judge Tower podcast. I don't even want to do this episode anymore. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Stop, stop. <laughs> my, my name is Jan. And um... uh, with me here is Sam. Battlegrounds Master Cephalus. I am so upset. Uh, you're not upset. Uh, you're you're uh, absolutely not upset. Why are you upset? Just so for context, I never have any idea uh, what's going on in these episodes uh, as far as the introduction is concerned. Literally, all I see in our show notes is bullet point intro. So that's all. <laughs> that's all I get to know. So, and, and every time. I'm just blown away by how much I hate the intro. The, the intro is all-encompassing. Right. You know, the, the banter about the intro is also part of the intro. <laughs> also... Yeah, that's actually... That's meta. Maybe me hating the intro is part of our intro. I definitely plan things around it. Oh, yeah. Also, talking about the notes is very meta and also it part is. of the intro. You, yeah. man... Speaking of meta, our next bullet point is a behind-the-scenes on how episodes are made. So that's for going even deeper in the meta game here. Right, uh, I did that. See, I did that. I snuck that one in. But. You did, and then you added a lot of uh, hurtful things. <laughs> a lot of there. He, he he called me smelly. Um. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. But anyway, uh, on to the content. Actually, that was kind of content. But uh, well, let's talk about a few things first off. Um, new new stuff for Judge Tower. In case you've been living under a rock, uh, Dungeon and Dungeons and Dragons Adventures into the Forgotten Realms. I think that's a lot of words. Yeah. Um, added some new sweet cards. Uh, some of the new enchantment classes have been putting in work in uh in the in the Judge Tower. So cleric class and wizard class. I'm gonna try a rogue class here, and then uh and then looking back, I also added. Uh, a set of uh, uh, creatures from the original Ravnica block, a cycle of Eidolons. I lost to three of them at the same time. <laughs> they are really good. Original Ravnica Eidolons, so not like Great Revel and Blossoms, right? Like the like uh, Verdant Eidolon is a uh, is part of the cycle. I think I'm not running that one, but it's the one yeah. that comes to mind. It basically has an effect where you sacrifice it and it does something, but oh, when you cast a multicolored spell, you return that Eidolon from the graveyard to your hand. Oh, that seems like it'll get people. It got... I, I lost to three of them at the same time, so... Oh, I was in that game. You were in that game! How do you not remember <laughs> this? I'm, it got uh, pointed out to me, and I'm like... Yeah. I think I pointed it out. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was terrible. It was great. But, uh, yeah, going past that... Uh, today's topic, uh, it don't matter if you're black or white or silver. We're going to talk about 
including some uh, not-so-standard cards into your Judge Tower. So some silver-bordered cards, some test cards from the uh, Mystery Boosters, maybe a Goblin game if you're feeling spicy. I'm not. Neither am I. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the silver-bordered cards, the playtest cards, uh, there are other effects you could include archenemy stuff if you really wanted to go deep uh plane chase or no you can you know what you can you can do plane chase if you you really want yeah you just need the separate plane chase deck yeah that's true so so the silver border cards and and the test cards are can be great in judge tower uh you really need to be careful when you're when you're picking them that they actually do something and uh, they're good. They're awesome because they have unique effects that theoretically could work within the game. Uh, and it challenges your understandings of existing cards and mechanics by bending them a bit and kind of implementing them with a way we haven't seen templated uh, a la the Silver Border cards or even the playtest cards. Yeah, like Sam said, like some of these cards just cannot be printed in, uh, in Black Border. Um, just because like artist stuff is like it's just not within the scope of like black bordered material or anything like that you'll never see anything with like set symbols yeah prints and all that or like the name of the card or, yeah because of uh languages yeah by name of the card i mean the actual like text of the name of the card matter mm-hmm. but there are some there are some really funny cards and and some of the cards became real magic cards. A silver border card called the Cheese Stands Alone got printed into Black Border as Baron Glory. And was that was that silver bordered or was, was that a playtest card? It was card? silver bordered. Oh. Yeah, it was from the original Unglued. Nice. And then uh, a playtest card, Enchantment Ties, became uh, one with the stars in Theros Beyond Death. So seeing them in Black Bordered is not completely out of the question yeah but, absolutely yeah but you yeah you want to be careful with these because uh you know if you don't have like solid rules explanations for them if they're really vague cards yeah. then uh they will cause more confusion and more headaches than you really care for them to cause. yeah it's just un- unenjoyable uh oh i guess uh honorable mention the some of the holiday cards uh, can be included with a little bit of house ruling. Oh sure. yeah, uh, uh, bog humbugs is a uh, is one that came to mind. Um, yeah. Our friend Luke, shout out to Luke from oh, all the Lukes, the, the YYC. Yeah, all the as, Targaryen Lukes. Shout yeah. out to all of them. Yeah, every single one, unless you're racist. <laughs> <laughs> We're keeping it in. That's fair. I, I also That's edit fair. these, by the way. So, oh, you know, peering back into the. But you're not editing this part out, right? No, of course not. Oh, no. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's not be ridiculous here. But yeah, Bog Humbugs, really funny card. It, whenever it hits, um, you basically hum uh, a festive song uh, in accordance with how much damage it dealt. And if you can, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. I'm never doing that. I mean, it has it has the song on it, so true. Also, it really puts into question what the word festive means. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
according to Google, it is relating to a festival. Oh, Charge Stampede. Country yeah. songs are festive songs. Absolutely. We, we figured it out. <laughs> we, we, we've solved the card. <laughs> you've solved it. Uh, some other good silver-bordered cards. Uh, one of my personal favorites it was, uh, I think, of all the uh, Judge Towers in the City, not many people included silver-bordered cards. And I had initially included exactly one, and I think I might still have exactly one, and that is Rules Lawyer. I, I promise you, you have more, but we'll Do get it. to that. Oh, yeah. yes, yes, yes. But we'll get to that uh, later. But definitely for a while, that was the only one I had. Uh, Rules Lawyer, five mana artifact creature, cyborg advisor, uh, watermark order of the widget, expansion unstable. Uh, one one, state-based actions don't apply to you or other permanents you control. That's yeah. it. No, That's Sam. the card. Yeah. Sam, what are, what are state-based actions exactly? When things happen. <laughs> you can't just say that. Uh, state-based actions, I don't have the exact definition, uh, so I'll give a poor description of them. Essentially, when, when something happens in the game that a player doesn't physically do, uh, things such as you losing the game or having zero or less life, drawing from losing from drawing from an empty library, a creature dying to damage, not being destroyed. That's relevant. Rather, having zero or less toughness, planeswalkers getting put into a graveyard when they have zero loyalty. Just there, the list goes on. There's a bunch of things that happen in Magic, almost like behind the scenes, uh, when before players get priority. And they, they, quote, check every single time. State-based actions is really something as a judge from level one to level three that you really want to know. Yeah. Um, and also, if you're, if you're uh, a competitor, uh, if you've ever played Modern and you've bolted a 2-3 Tarmogoyf with no instance in the graveyards and it lives, you will definitely know about state-based actions. Yeah. Uh, rule CR 704 is the section on state-based actions. Uh, I do want to say all those examples from state-based actions, as well as the CR citation, I caught off of the reminder text on rules lawyer. That card has a literal novel written on it. You, you kind of wish the judge promo didn't have that reminder. Text I, I think I say that every time because I have, I have the judge, pro, the judge promo rules lawyer. It's like time stop, right? The foil time stop is so much more expensive because it's just clean. So imagine. Yeah. Imagine, imagine rules. Lawyer. Yeah. Judge Academy. One time. One time. Hit us up. Uh, we, we got you with great ideas. So, I mean, while the card is annoying, it, it's perfect for a judge tower because you, it really tests how much someone knows about state-based actions and how they interact with stuff and how rules lawyer dying works when they should have died or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, like, it's important to note that this card will never see... I don't think it will ever see Black Border print. It will. Um, because there, like, there are so few cards that mention the rules. Mm -hmm. Like, I think the only one I know is like Mirror Gallery where it specifically states the legend rule is not yes. followed. Yes, yeah. Uh, not any black border cards that I can think of have a literal CR citation on it, either. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fair. That's how you know we've gone too deep. 
just a uh, little bit. Uh, moving on, another inclusion potentially for a silver border card. Uh, we have Ineffable Blessing, which is a one in green enchantment. As it enters the battlefield, choose white bordered or silver bordered. Whenever a creature with a chosen border enters the battlefield under your control, draw a card. The the ETB draw card effect isn't super unique. The only reason why it's silver bordered is because of the condition of the border mattering. Border doesn't matter. In, there's nothing that cares about white or black border. Yeah. Uh, also, if you don't care about white or black bordered, you can choose uh, other things like uh, rarity or choosing a number. Yeah. Or flavorful or bland. There are six different printings of ineffable blessing. Huh. So you can really choose the one that caters most to your tastes. <laughs> so That's like, awesome. I didn't is, actually know that. So like this is like you know when you go to a restaurant and you see a rules lawyer on the menu and you go, I'll have that one please. Well this one is like you go to the ineffable blessing buffet and you just kinda take what you want. <laughs> That was We're a horrible let analogy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, moving on. Old fogey. Old fo- uh, keyword soup. Next card. Sting. Uh, <laughs> keyword soup. Next card. Questing beast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, old fogey. All right, let's do this. <laughs> We've talked about old fogey before. Two out of seven. Seven phasing cumulative upkeep. One echo fading. Three bands with other dinosaurs. Protection from homerids. Snow-covered planeswalk flanking Rampage 2. Look at all those old keywords yep. that aren't relevant anymore. Yep. Uh, a more unique effect is Staying Power. Uh, hilarious name, 3-mana enchantment that reads until end of turn and this turn effects don't end. Uh, you cast Angel's Grace and for as long as you have the Staying Power in play, you're doing pretty well for yourself. Yeah, um, I have definitely died to, uh, to, let's see, I think regenerating, uh, ink eyes a bunch of times. Oh, yeah. Um, and then only regenerating it once. (laughs) That's a good good way to go. There are lots of until end of turn and this turn effects in Magic. Yeah. It also doesn't specifically state, like, until the end of your next turn effects, which is kind of a weird one. Because mm-hmm. they've started using that, um, and it doesn't really... It's not obvious what you should do about that. So just be sure to have a house ruling prepared for that one tiny edge case. Yeah, and we move on to... There's a ton of silver border cards that you can include. We're just kind of giving you guys an idea of of, uh, of what we range. think could be good. The range and uh, maybe what's not mm-hmm. so good. Uh, Stone Cold Basilisk is another good one. Four green, two and a half, five. <laughs> two and a half, five. It, it's essentially a two, five. When it enters, or, sorry, when it blocks or becomes blocked by a creature with fewer letters in its name, destroy that creature at end of combat. Uh, punctuation and spaces aren't letters. Nice reminder text. Great reminder text. When an, when an opponent reads Stone Cold Basilisk, that player is turned to stone until end of turn. Stoned players can't attack, block, cast spells, or activate abilities. You you ever want to punish someone for asking, what does that do? All the time. This is the card. <laughs> this is the card to do it with. You just pass it to them, they pick it up, and then you go, trigger. <laughs> the problem is, I'm going to be the one dying, and I'm never going to remember that. 
Uh, oh, listen. You, you gotta be prepared, you know? If I'm playing against Stone Cold Basilisk, I'm reading that card, like, every 25 seconds. Oh, just to just to make sure you get him? Yeah. Well, and then, then you, you punish them, right? Because imagine I'm the one with the Stone Cold Basilisk, right? Right. And I yell trigger. You look up. You give me a face like you usually do. And mm-hmm. then you look back at the card, and I have to go trigger again. <laughs> and then you keep doing it, and then we're just saying, I'm just saying trigger like some Karen. Oh my. <laughs> and you're just reading a card. <laughs> this uh, is, yeah, this is, this is one I actually haven't played with, but I would definitely like to pick one of these up. Absolutely. Um, and now that we've covered the silver bordered cards, uh, speaking of actually, uh, they announced a new silver bordered set coming up. I don't know if you know about this. Uh, un something. Un- I did hear about this. Unfinity. Right. Uh, it's going to be released in 2022. We're not sponsored by Wizards, by the way. But uh, I mean, if 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 you want to throw us some money, I love money. I I'm not the biggest fan of Fortnite in that I've never played the game, but uh, I do like full art Chalklands. <laughs> In space. Alright, so let's move on to the playtest cards. These playtest cards, man, oh, are... What? Nothing. What are the the, the playtest cards are basically silver bullet cards on crack. Uh, a lot of them are actually... I, the idea with the playtest cards from the mystery boosters is that they're not... They're different than silver border cards because these theoretically could be magic cards. It, it, they're experimenting with, like, with templating, with the design and just the structure of, or, or the foundation of the game, but they're not just doing stuff for the sake of being completely out of left field, like some of the silver border cards are. So, like these cards, theory, like they could be magic cards if they ever decided to go that route with certain rules and whatnot. Yeah, and and they they've they've done it, they've done yeah. it. So you know, let's go with the first one domesticated water course here um this is a land that comes into play tapped you can tap it to add blue or black to your mana pool uh you can pay blue and black until end of turn card name becomes an equipment artifact with equip two uh when it says card name it refers to itself so the the land becomes an uh an equipment and then whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player draw a card so it's basically a Demir Tapland with uh, with a curiosity artifact attached to it. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's uh, it's a card for sure. Like, it, I it's not a tap ability to make it an equipment. So that like you can you can do that as it enter or like as soon as it enters and then equip it right away, which is what makes it pretty interesting for Judge Tower. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, what happens to it when it stops being an equipment artifact? Uh, yeah. While it is attached to a creature, what does happen? It does not become attached to a creature anymore. Yeah. And uh, the lingo is that it falls off at the cleanup step. Wow! Unless, unless staying power there's is a staying, on play. A staying power in play. That's what we call in the industry That's, a callback. It's a combination. Oh, take some notes. All right. Next up, frenemy of the guild pact. This is one in a green for a three-two spirit protection from. Enemy colored, multicolored. 
It's, it can't be um, blocked, targeted, dealt damage, enchanted, or equipped by anything that's two enemy colors, such as blue and green. Uh, Jen, real is, quick, can you name all the enemy pairs? Yeah. Uh, is it Simic, Orzov? Uh, what have I not... Simic, is it Orzov, Golgari, and Boros? Yes. We did it. Well done. Sorry, I, I forgot about the the other guilds i don't care about <laughs> uh, also just the color red i love the color red because it casts omnath locusts of creation and niv mizzet reborn it's and cheating. renin six no it's oh, that, that's a good one that's a good one that last one sure renin six great card yeah. uh you can definitely use renin six to target this frenemy of the guild pack though you can it's this card's pretty good uh because one protection yes uh protection is just actually kind of insane it's one of those keywords that's kind of being phased out but still is kind of being used especially in like uh, master sets and whatnot like uh modern horizons 2 i think it has it i'm not sure but uh, uh i know the first one did yeah so you still you still have to remember protection um and if you if you are confused by protection uh you can use the mnemonic of debt so damage, equipment, slash enchant, uh, block, and target. Um, I don't like the mnemonic as much as a lot of people do, to be honest. Because you still have to remember that D stands for damage and not destroy. Yeah, but uh, it, it's still useful, for sure. It is. Um, and then it adds another layer onto the protection with multicolored and then a third layer with enemy colored. Yeah. The enemy colored part is, is interesting for sure. It'll, yeah. it'll, it'll get people. Yeah. So like, can you, can you target this thing with like, uh, an Abzan charm? Ooh, no, uh, nope. But yes, you can, you can. Yeah. Right. Cause no. it says, uh, that's two enemy colors. Oh, does that include, wait, there are rulings. If an object has more than two colors, it's not enemy. Oh, okay. ah, there we go. Okay, see, uh, man, the great thing about the playtest cards compared to the silver border cards is that there there are actual rulings on Gatherer. Yeah. Um, Mark Rosewater kind of is the end all be all for judging like silver bordered stuff, which is great. But like, what if you need a ruling about something? Right off the bat, or right, right away. Yeah. yeah, you kind of need, kind of need a uh, some sort of resource there with you. So yeah, frenemy of the guild pact. Uh, why don't you talk uh, about geometric another theory? personal favorite of mine? Oh, you uh, love this card. You just heard the entitlement from Jen. Geometric weird. Uh, it's a one mana one one. At the beginning of each end step, you may have geometric weirds base power and toughness each become equal to the greatest number of spells and abilities from different sources that were on the stack simultaneously that turn. So, okay, a couple things going on here. Base power and toughness is a layer. Uh, different sources is a thing that can be confusing. And also just drawing this at like the end of a big, like, big turn and then drawing it, reading the card, and then trying to relive your entire life. To remember exactly. And then you see people literally like stacking their hands on top of each other. I just did it. You guys can see it. 
uh, to try and count. It, it's it's a good one. It's fun. You draw it at the end of a beck and call turn. Ha! I sh- I jammed the name beck and call in this podcast yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're drawing it, and then you you're like head in hands moment with it on the table, not cast yet, and then people are just like laughing at you, and it's just like, man, this is painful. It's it's a good time. Uh, next up, this actually this card is the reason why I wanted more playtest cards. I heard about how good geometric weird was. I'm like, gotta get some of those. Gotta get some of those sweet cards over here in my in my judge tower. All right, so next up, we have Luvac the Aberrant. I think that's how you pronounce it. Probably. I don't know. English is my first language. <laughs> uh, it's a. 3 4 for 2 green blue. It's a legendary creature mutant. It has protection from modified creatures. Thankfully, it has reminder text. Modified creatures have a power, toughness, or ability different than their printed version. This is just a, that effect. I, there's more to the card. At the beginning of each player's end step, you may put a 1 1 counter on target creature that players control that player controls. Uh, which gives, which then gives it protection. This card, that first ability, protection from modified creatures, that's more of like a Hearthstone thing. <laughs> it really is. It, yeah, like it. I don't know. It it could work in Magic, I guess. Which I guess is why it's uh, a playtest card. But it definitely feels like an effect you would see in Hearthstone, because Hearthstone's really good at tracking that stuff. Because given like the digital nature of it, this could be like an arena card. Yeah, this this could be an arena card. It's probably better served as an arena card. Yeah. Um. Even though you know, I'm not really the biggest fan of mm-hmm. the arena cards, but that's that's neither here nor there. To be honest, like it's just it's just a neat card that has a very impactful effect on the game. Speaking of neat cards, nice segue. Uh, I don't even know what this card does, but it's probably neat. It, Siege. It's, it's I just, I'm just a fan of segues. Both types. Uh, Siege Both Elemental, types. 4 red red, 6-6, six, six, so it's Primeval Titan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, creature Elemental, Trample, unblo- untapped creatures can't block, tapped creatures can block. Man. You you ever want a more messed up Masako the Humorless? True. This is the card. This is the card. Oh, the fact that I just rattled off an obscure name like Masako the Humorless yeah. and Sam immediately understood. You just should put that card in your judge tower. It's very good. It's very good. Uh, uh stack <laughs> of paperwork. Okay. Okay. This this brings me back. Back in my day. Back in my day, damage used uh, the stack. So one white enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, draw a card. Already sick. This might be one of the best cantrips ever. Uh, <laughs> white com- card draw. White card draw. Yeah. <laughs> Rest of the card doesn't matter, dude. What a like, meme. Oh, that's why it's a playtest card, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Combat damage uses the stack. I I'm not going any further into that. That I will. <laughs> oh no. I will. I will. All right. Back in my day. So, some context here. I started playing the game in Nemesis block. Now, my brother picked up a battle royale uh, set before 
Fortnite was popular. So Magic did it first. Uh, basically, it just had a lot of like interesting cards and whatnot. But I say this all to be like cards like Mog Fanatic used to be a lot better. Um, because it put its damage on the stack, and then you could sack it to deal one more damage, so it could take out X2s. Secure Tri-Builder. Secure Tri-Builder is a good one. Uh, shoot, what's it called? Uh, okay, I'm going to cut out all the silence here. What is that card? <laughs> what is that card? Pri- Man, hold on. Cycling, Enchantment. MTG. I might just keep this in just to be painful. Oh no. No, this is fine. Uh okay. It has to be an enchantment. Scryfall. <laughs> okay, we're not keeping this in. We're definitely not keeping this in. Uh enchantment. Scryfall. Okay. Coming back in three, two, one. <laughs> well, what happened there? That was really weird. Alright. <laughs> Astral Slide no, that was, is the card. This was definitely completely natural and not. I I I don't know if I should keep that in. Anyway, Astral Slide is the uh, card I was thinking of. Um, you could deal with combat damage, and then you could cycle a card, and then you could flicker your creature that just put its combat damage onto the stack. Okay, neat. Um, so there were some really cool, tricky things. Um, about combat damage being on the stack. It got changed in, I think... Been a M- while. M10. Is, was it that recently? I think so. Wow. I could be wrong. Um, but I, th- I think it came along in M10. Hmm. The M10 rules change. Again, it kind of challenges the way we understand the game to work. Productively, in the sense that you'll still learn something about the stack and how how certain how stuff like that works things being put on the stack and when you can interact and have still have that effect happen for example like sacrificing secure tribe elder or log fanatic or some something cool yeah and lastly we move on to unicycle all right unicycle is a two mana artifact equipment vehicle it has first strike and haste uh, equipped creature has first strike and haste. Equip one, crew one. Okay, this card is a meme uh, to start. Yes. Um, I know uh, Mark Rosewater has mentioned Unicycle a couple of times um, because of like the line that's crossed between what is an equipment and what is a vehicle. Okay. Um, so this was definitely made like fir- tongue firmly planted in cheek. Right. Let's go over what exactly happens when you cast a unicycle. Okay, so you cast it. It has first strike and haste, but it's not a creature. So it enters the battlefield. It has those keywords, but it can't attack. Yeah. You have two options at that point. You can crew it either using... Oh, no, you can't use itself. You can crew it and then make it a creature, or you can equip it to something and then give that other creature first strike and haste. The kicker is that if something is a creature and also an equipment, it cannot be equipped, or it can't be attached to another permanent. A, a creature cannot be attached to another permanent. Yes. Part of the rules. Yes. And uh, very very minor part, but it comes up. I, I, I think in Judge Tower specifically, that part is what's going to kill someone the most. Yes. Um... If, it's, if it is equipped and then becomes a creature, it falls off. Also of note, if you do equip first before crewing, uh, that 
does break a rule of Judge Tower. Yeah, because you want to activate abilities in bottom-up order. And we were, I was talking about this with Luke from Calgary. <laughs> Shout out. Call back. Um, <laughs> and we're like, why is it bottom-up? Why does it have to be bottom-up? And it's probably because of, like, you want abilities given to cards from other cards to be activated. Another good reason is, like, it, it just provides some consistency, some clarity in how things are supposed to be done. Yes, yes. It's um, never ambiguous. In the chaos that is Judge Tower, mm-hmm. you definitely want a consistent backbone for all those, all these kinds of things, right? Yeah. Magic is already, like, chaotic enough. Yeah. You don't, you, you still want a bit of order to be, to be, like, steering things into the right direction. Exactly. Um, that's the last of our playtest cards that we have. Honestly, there are, there are more. There are a lot more. I actually made like a list of like twelve before yeah. I cut it down. Um, so you can definitely add some. I even have like two that honestly aren't very good. Actually, Goldmine's pretty good. Sarah's Wings is not good, but it's a meme, and I and I like it, so I have it in there. And then Goldmine is like it's asking you if you can pay the cost to activate its bomb ability mm-hmm. and uh all five of the marks have been filled in uh on the sleeve so it's like you get people that are asking can i do this well can you can you can you yeah exactly <laughs> right can you pay the cost it's like discarding a card if you have no cards in hand yeah right so that's the kind of thing that the playtest cards kind of help facilitate but uh i think that about wraps it up yeah so maybe you consider throw on some uh, silver bordered or playtest cards in. Yeah. If you want to find us, I am at work. Please don't <laughs> please don't see me. Uh, Sam is uh, sometimes oh. Strems. Sometimes. Uh, sometimes also at work. Sometimes at school. Uh, I just kind of exist. You can find me. Uh, Twitter, Discord, Facebook, Twitch, wherever. Mm-hmm. Twitch at uh, twitch.tv slash humblegreek. Um, if you want uh, to find more episodes of the Judge Tower cast, they're on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple, and I think uh, Reason as well. That's a that's a new one. Oh, neat. Yeah, and then uh, if you if you're looking for lists of towers, just uh, look in the description of the podcast. With that, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.